This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? Good morning, good afternoon, good night, goodbye. Hello, wherever you are around the world. Thank you for joining. This is LTID TV from Lesson Till I Die. Thank you for joining us for the uh, preview show um, as we uh, have an early kickoff on Saturday against uh, a certain informed team at the moment, West Bromwich Albion. If you're watching, please feel free to join in the chat. Um, remember to keep your comments um, pleasant and respectable. And if you are listening on your favourite podcast platform, 
Thank you very much for lending me your ears. Um, they do say, don't they, that uh, if you fall off a bike, the best thing you can do is just get straight back on it again. Well, maybe we fell off the bike last night. <sighs> Wasn't good, was it? We're not going to have to wait long. Saturday morning, 12.30 kickoff. We will be making the short journey across to the Hawthorns. And I'm pleased to say someone with a great name, somebody called Chris, will be joining us in a second from uh, the uh, Albion Analysis podcast. So it will be nice to have him along. hope Craig doesn't feel too left out. He uh, has got time to change his name on screen if he wants to. Um, well, the title may not be over by a long walk. Um what is over, I think, though, and it's with great sadness. Uh, I think we know what the Christmas number one is probably going to be this year. Uh, R.I.P. Shane McGowan. Um, the fairy tale is over. Rest in peace, mate. But this is The Review Show, and welcome along. Good evening, gentlemen. It's almost like I rehearsed that, wasn't it? <laughs> Very <laughs> nice. You're coming How on are well. you? Sorry? You're coming on well, Chris. I am. It's only taken yeah. four years or something, is it, to get to this point? Um, it's a long show. Craig, welcome along. Um, get much sleep last night? Uh, well, yeah, I had, I had a peaceful sleep because all the nightmares were, uh, were a bit earlier in the evening, to be honest. Um, although I could have easily nodded off like most of our midfield um yeah well not just midfield uh at times well, even yeah. even my love child the great dane had a had a bad game uh in my opinion uh chris too hello welcome hello, along mate. Um, top top of the form tree on the last <laughs> six games yeah, yeah, no, we've we, we're we're playing we're playing extremely well. The I mean, the the really interesting thing about being top of the form tree because obviously you know I mean it's it's all well and good uh, having played well for six games, but you know it, it's it's what it's what you do over uh, over, over forty six that, that that matters, not not what you mm. do over six. But it's yeah. it, it the, the the really interesting thing is who we've played to be top of the tree. After the last six games is incredible, really. We we beat QPR, which obviously was not that much of an achievement. It was pretty much the last nail in Gareth Ainsworth's coffin, and uh, you know they, they and they were they were awful, absolutely awful when we played them. But then we then we went uh, went to Coventry and won two 0 a Coventry side that since has shown itself to uh, to be. A, a very good side that probably it, it, it's um, its league position is not show, not really truthful of the of the ability. They've started winning games. They've started turning in performances since uh, largely since then. We beat Hull City, who have, who have been <coughs> one of the form teams um, of, of the division. Um, we lost at Southampton, but the, uh, which is the only blip in that in that run um, and. To be honest, we should have won that game. We were the better side, and then we just got sucker punched towards the end. Um, a little bit of sleepy defending from Connor Townsend, or or a mistake, I should say, kind of went for a ball that wasn't his and left Adam Armstrong all his all on his own. 
and then beating Ipswich haven't hadn't lost away from home all season. You know um, the the division's top scorers, and uh, and not only did we did we beat them, but we we kept a clean sheet. We kept them down to 0.2 xg, which is just unbelievable. I mean, it, they they didn't have a shot on target against us, which uh, which is the first time in just under two years that they haven't had a shot on target against a team in in a game, which just goes to show our defensive solidity. And then. Cardiff in midweek, another good side, obviously coming off a great result where they'd scored two goals in injury time against against Preston. We know it took a world class goal from Jeremy Sarmiento to win the match, but again, it was all built on defensive solidity. We did, you know, we didn't give them a sniff. Again, only 0.5 xg for for them over the course of the 19. Look, if you only create 0.2 or 0.5 xg, the reality is you're not. You're not likely to score a goal because you're just not creating a lot of chances. That's what it basically shows. And teams aren't, at the moment, touch wood, creating a great deal of of chances against us. And when we've got that little bit of X factor, it's been Grady Dean Garner in previous weeks. Before he got injured, it was John Swift. On uh, on Tuesday night, it was Jeremy Sarmiento. As long as those players come to the party at some point during the game, because we're so rock solid at the other end, it it just it just gives us a chance to win a match. Mm. I mean, looking at that there, Craig. I mean, um, our current form we've dropped down to tenth. I mean, you know, it was a long time we're used to being up there. Uh, how the mighty fallen, but I suppose that kind of sums the league up, doesn't it? Because you know, we have we have the prediction league, uh, and Brad is in the chat. Um, he had a good week this week, in fairness to Brad. But I mean, it, it's like I've never. Once you get past Leicester and Ipswich, and we have the good start, which I think is keeping us up there. But the teams below that, there's no sort of you know, it swaps and changes week in week out. Um, and looking at that, there you can see, you know, West Bromwich Albion go into this game, Craig, as as I would say, as favourites to win it. Yeah, I mean, you, you listen to all uh, all that Chris has just said in terms of stats and. Uh, the chances that they're giving up, and we might as well just um, turn the lights out and go home. I think because uh, you know, yeah, based on uh, based on what we we've been doing, it, it's going to be a really tough game. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you know we were talking briefly before we came on air, and uh, it's not it's not the dropping of points. It's more about the manner of the way that we're dropping points and the manner of the way that we're playing at the minute. Mm-hmm. We've sort of gone back to this really. Slow build up with uh, possession for possession's sake, um, and possession without purpose is uh, is pointless. That's if we want to carry on the the peas. But <laughs> last night, yeah, you know, possession uh, at times it was embarrassing. It was like they were being paid on the number of passes because there were two or three occasions where they were in the middle of the park stood five yards from each other and passed it back to each other three or four times. It was it was embarrassing. It was like, what the hell are you doing? Um, and at the time, we're 1-0 up. It's not like we've won the game and we're just seeing it out. There's something going a little awry for me yeah. at the moment and, uh, and he needs to... Uh, put his finger on it and get it sorted. I wouldn't be overly worried though, gents. I mean, it, it, you can call it now. It's going to be three, two to you with a late Jamie Vardy uh, winner <laughs> as he runs clear of our defense. Cause that's what, that's what always happens when Leicester come to the Hawthorns. It's like, and the, I've, I, I feel like I've seen this movie before. Yeah. I mean, if you can just, if your fans can just give him pelters the whole game, 
then then I'm sure that he'll he'll revel in it and he'll stick I'd, at least. I'd love one to in. say they've learned from that, Craig, but I don't I don't <laughs> think they will have. I I think that's no. exactly what will happen. He'll get he'll get a load of he'll get a load of stick, and uh, and uh, and then we, what will we see? We'll we'll see Jamie Vardy cupping his cupping his ears at the Birmingham Road end in the 93rd minute or something yeah. like that. You just you know it, it the feels a degree of inevitability about it. Like I say, we've seen this film before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean looking at that, Craig, um the away form for us, you know, four wins, a, a loss and a draw, the home form for um uh West Brom, they haven't lost in the last six at home. Uh, it's got nil nil written all over it, possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean I want to talk about managers and I'm gonna to come to our manager first because Brad was a little bit annoyed, shall we say, on last night's show uh, uh, when we got to the post-match section. He didn't have a, a, a many nice things to say about Enzo. Um, I, he, you know, we don't seem to have a plan B, and it wasn't sort of that long ago, as in last season, we were saying exactly the same about his predecessor. Yeah, um, if, if I can sit on the other side of that then, and and, and sadly I'm very much in agreement, Um but to put a different side to it, I think we are still... Let, let's look at the positive and say we are still learning the Enzo way. And what I think happens is we've spent, you know, probably you could go back into the Brendan era um, and all the time that Enzo has been here on keeping possession, that means all you look for is a short pass. You look for a five, a 10-yard pass, and can you get it back? And you don't scan the rest of the pitch quickly enough. We've got runners, you know, uh, and we could have a go at Cassidy last night, who was pretty much invisible. Um, We could have a go at the wingers. But when they've played, they've made some very good runs. But we've got, seem to have got into this habit of looking for a five, 10-yard pass, and that's it. And we don't look beyond it. So... I think that is the next phase. It has to be that, okay, there's a pass there, but I've seen that one over there as well, and I'm going to go for that, and it's going to be more progressive. Because at the minute, if they continue just passing it around for the sake of it, the better teams are coming, and the better teams like West Brom are running into form. And, you you know, we're not going to get away with it. We should have been a couple down in two minutes last night. Yes, we should. The defence was all all over the place. Although I do think um, that once, you know, Yannick does have that decisive pass in him uh, when Mm. it's available. Um, But, um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, going with one of our favourite songs at the moment from the Chelsea is going up, playing football, the Enzo way. Not after last night, we're not, I'll tell you. But, yeah. Chris, I think. I to... Sorry, just 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 on that, Chris. I, again, I, for once last night, we we were in the same boat. We were watching it on TV, um, and you see more of it when you're at the game. You see all those runs being made that the camera doesn't pick up because the camera is focused on, you know, who's got yeah. the ball and where his next short pass is going to be. They might as well, once we get the ball, zoom in like they do with the darts as if someone's going to get a 180 and just see where that next two-yard pass is going to go because we don't look beyond it. But when you see the game, there are runs being made, but we're yeah. not lifting the head and seeing it enough. And that's the frustration. Yeah, I, I just just on that, I mean, this is this is something we we I've heard a lot from our fans over. I mean, it was it was levelled at Corbran at times last mm. last season that 
Um, the, the, the words plan B a lot of the time get thrown around and it, it, it annoys me a little bit because how many teams actually completely dramatically change the way they play game on game? They, they just don't. Yeah, yeah. Most most managers have have a way of playing. Okay, you can tweak within that and Corbrand certainly does. I mean, we, we switch between a four at the back, a five at the back. Um, we, we switch personnel around a little bit. Sometimes we play with wing backs. Sometimes we play with standard full backs. But uh, I could still sit here and tell you the basic concepts of what of the way we will play we will uh we, we will look to play out from the back we, uh, we we won't go long because we've only got one man up front and it's not uh, and uh, and it's not a big sort of hold up player of uh, of a striker um we we will look to sit off you and hit you on the counter we will want you to come on to us we want you to break your shape and we will want to get in behind you and get uh, get down the, the sides as quickly as we possibly can um and we will want you to come and press our um, our our defenders when they're on the ball, so that we can break the shape. And and look, I'm not telling you any trade secrets here because we do this every week. I'm sure Enzo Maresca is thoroughly aware of this. So all I would say, and this goes for any club, not uh, because I hear it from all sorts of fans. The words, the words Plan B get thrown around without people really knowing what 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 that means. I don't think managers stick to their uh, managers set up to play a certain way, and players get trained to play a certain way, and players get bought mm. to fit a certain system. So. You build something to play a certain way, and then as soon as a couple of results go against it, um, people want you to throw the baby out with the bathwater, and it's never ever going to happen because it's not it's not going to work. You can't just markedly change the way you play. You can tweak within that, but 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 in the end, the basic concepts of of, of what your team is built to do. That's what they will always do under that manager. And uh, and that manager will either fail or succeed based on their own ability to implement that system, I, the player's ability to understand it, and the quality of the players at their disposal. I, I, I agree. It's it's not a case for me. It's not a case of having a plan B. It's having the adaptability to make your plan work based on what the opposition is doing in front of you as well. We are set up um, in the classic fashion of Liverpool when they had Mane and Salah. We have two wide men who hug the touchline until the centre-forward drops deep like Firmino used to do. And then that creates this huge gap in behind the centre-halves where your two wide men look to attack it or a deep-lying runner from midfield. And that's what we're set up to do. And that's what our runners are doing. They're not getting the ball. So we're, we're, we're getting caught in this sort of shorthand and they start getting frustrated. You can you can see it, particularly with the wingers. Mavadidi doesn't, you know, hide anything in terms of how frustrated mm. he is. But it's that it's not having a plan B. It's 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 exploiting the opportunities that have been created by the way that you've set the team up, yeah. uh, and that's where the frustration comes in a little bit because the fans can see those runs being made. The players on the ball seemingly can't. Yeah. And then presumably that comes—that's less about the manager and more about the more about the individual players on on the pitch actually taking it, responsibility. It is, and that's what I'm saying about this this whole coaching that they're going through at the minute seems to be focused on keeping possession and that short sharp passing, which they're not taking that extra second to just have a look up and see what other options are on. Their first thought is, I need to keep possession, and and that's it, mm. rather than uh, taking a little risk now and again. And that's the balance. As soon as you start taking that balance, we've got the players to do it. And you could see us going on a run and scoring a lot of goals. We're in that little interim period at the moment, I think, where teams have worked out what we want to do. So they will now start counteracting it. And then we've got to find a solution to that counteraction. Mm. Yeah. 
just working out here what Brad, Brad Brad did put a comment up, and if you saw me sort of squinting at the screen, I was trying to get really close to work out what he'd actually typed because it didn't make any sense whatsoever. Not that I'm saying Brad never makes any sense, of course. That that wouldn't be very nice of me at all. Uh, but what he was actually trying to say was he, he takes some joy from the fact uh, it still pains uh, Craig to have to agree <laughs> with me, <laughs> which is true. Look, um, Carlos Corber on there, uh, yeah. Chris, um, your manager. Um, you're, I mean, you've been through a few managers uh, recently. You had Ismail, dare I say you had Steve Bruce, but thank you very much for taking one for the team and, and meaning you just to go to 90-odd 90, uh, 90 other English clubs. So thanks for doing that for a bit. Uh, Richard Beale was a short uh, a short stay. How happy are you with Carlos? Elated. I mean, it, it, look, I, I went I went on Talking Town before the um, uh, before the Ipswich game last week and get upset a few folks claiming that Carlos was the best manager in the division. I I'm I'm happy to die on that hill. Uh, he is. Um, Kieran McKenna's done a great job at, at Ipswich Town, and I don't deny that. But mm. you know, he's had six million pounds to spend to build that squad in his own image over two and a half. Uh, seasons, Carlos Corbrand hasn't spent a penny yet uh, in terms of in terms of transfer fees. He's had to wheel and deal with a few loans and a few frees here and there, and yet uh, and he's taken a bunch of players who Steve Bruce had on. Uh, you know when when he de- departed the club after I think it was sixteen games last season, he had them bottom of the league. We were bottom of the league on the first of November last uh, last year, and Carlos got us to within one game of the playoffs. We were we were in the playoffs on the final day until Sunderland started blitzing Preston. Um and you know that that's incredible. It's an unbelievable achievement. But not only that, he then loses his best defender to Burnley in the summer, Dario O'Shea, and his captain, let's not forget as well. Um and He's uh, he hasn't uh, he's replaced he's or the replacements that we've made, we let a bunch of players go on freeze as well. And the replacements that we've made are Moat and Kipre coming back from loan, who were basically seen as done as West Bromwich Albion players. Like they, 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 nobody thought they were going to kick a ball for us ever again. They've come back and they've been two of our best players this season. Um, he's gone out and signed Jeremy Sarmiento on loan, who just looks like a real, real talent. A little bit frustrating at times and it, it was funny I saw the I saw who scored had put their team of the week up and, and and I thought there'll be a few Albion fans here having a go and saying why is Jeremy Sarmiento not in there he scored the best goal of the night yeah he did but he didn't do a lot else um but that's Jeremy Sarmiento for you he just you know it it, it doesn't really matter but he it, because uh, yeah he can be frustrating but he's got that ability to just pop up with a bit of something He's brought in Nathaniel Chalabra on a free, who we all thought was dreadful last season, and he's managing to get a tune out of him. Um, Carl Bartley, there was rumours he was being released on a free. He's been an absolute monster at the at the back for us. It, John Swift just was not a player under Steve Bruce. He was being completely and utterly misused um, by by Bruce. Uh, he, it, Corbran comes in and he becomes our top scorer and one of our most important players. I could go on and on. He's improved practically every player in in the squad, and the guy's magnificent. And he's he's working against this backdrop 
of a complete and utter mess behind the scenes. We're desperately trying to be sold. Um, the, the owner, Gauchan Lai, has taken money out of the club. He owes the club um, £5 million, which he's missed multiple deadlines to, to pay back. The club is having uh, had to take out a £20 million uh, loan to, to cover um, running costs uh, earlier in the year. We've now had to uh, uh, borrow even more money on top of that loan to just see the, the the team through, and we're hoping that's enough money to see us through uh, through the season. So with all this mess going on, Cor- Corbrand just keeps winning games. The fans call him King Carlos, and he absolutely is. He's the best thing about our football club by a mile. There's nobody else in the division would be able to. No, no other manager would be able to do what Carlos is doing with the backdrop of just mess going on behind the scenes with all the uncertainty with every single player up, up for sale in the summer so it seemed you know we we would consi- we would have considered an offer for anyone because we needed the money that badly so he didn't even know what players he was going to have he nearly had he nearly had his goalkeeper sold from uh, from under him before a big game at one point as well um when Luton came in for Alex Palmer we, you know we just didn't <coughs> we just didn't know what was going on from day to day and yet he's carried on he's worked and he's turned us into this unbelievable unit. We're not the sexiest team in the league. We're, we're not by any stretch of the imagination, but we are by a million miles the most organised. Mm. And what Corbran is doing, and, and the other thing is, he's creating this wonderful team ethos around the place. It, it, it's like it's like he's managed to sort of black out all of the all of the sort of noise going on behind the scenes and just get the players to focus on training. And they're just such a brilliant group. Martin Kelly uh, picked up a horrible injury on loan at Wigan last uh, last season, uh, only returned to training last week. And there was a video on the club's socials of the players just lining up and giving him a guard of honour out, um, out onto the training pitch. And that doesn't happen if you're not in this together. The the lads are just the, it, it's it's amazing really because this is one of the most worrying times it, as an Albion fan probably since your manager was sold by us to save the club so it's kind of it's almost poetic that we're playing you with Enzo Maresca in charge this weekend because he he saved our club by being sold to Juventus back in two thousand and this is probably the most worrying time we've had since two thousand and some would say it's even more worrying and yeah. yet. On the pitch, we're just we're just going from strength to strength, and it's it, it's just unbelievable. Because normally, what what's happening behind the scenes, as you guys have found out, what's happening behind the scenes normally reflects what happens on uh, on the pitch. And Corbrand just hasn't let it touch the on pitch stuff, and it's it's phenomenal. I think I think we can take from that he he's, he's he likes him, uh, Craig. I think he's quite <laughs> happy with him. <laughs> yeah, and um, well, if we've got King Carlos, have, have we got Emperor Enzo? I mean, <laughs> listening to sorry, I couldn't resist there, but listening to, to, to fair points that, that Chris was making, Craig, um, uh, it's almost like we, we, yes, we had a great start, but it's like an albatross now around our necks. You know, I've said like when we got we had the first loss to, to Hull, it was well, at least thank God we've got that out of the way now. We don't have to go, you know, worry about that happening. Yeah. Our first loss, it's three now, of course. We've got our first draw. We've had some bad games. We're not, you know, coming on and, you know, twinkle toeing our way past every team out there. But yeah. like like uh, Chris said about Carlos, he came into a team that was in a mess. We'd got relegated. Um, 
despite what everybody's saying about us having millions to spend, we you know we sold our two best players to raise that money. We just certainly didn't spend all of that on incomings, and we actually let more players go uh, throughout a contract, and, and and we wanted to sort of send out than we uh, we brought in. So he hasn't actually, as much as we're criticising how things are at the moment, he has done a very good job as well. Uh, he has, I mean, and it, it seems churlish, doesn't it, to, yeah. to criticise when we're sitting at the top of the table with a, a decent gap back <laughs> That's to That's Leicester fans for you, isn't it, though? <laughs> it is, and, and, and again, you know, we're ahead of where we all expected to be. No one had really any expectations of the manager because we didn't really know what he could do or not. And the fact that he managed to get in um, so early, you know, and start working with the players, we had a really good start. Um, What I would say, I I, I assume Scott's talking about our players there. I think what it's showing up is um, the the sort of limitations of the squad. We probably have got the best squad in in the division alongside um, maybe Leeds and Southampton, I would say. But you would expect that from teams that have come down. What we're probably seeing at the minute is that those squad players are not quite at the same level as our, our first team regulars. And he's having to rotate it because we're getting used to playing the number of games that we're having to play. We, we've not been used to this for a long time. Mm. Be down in the championship. Again, it sounds like these are, are excuses, but I'm just looking at some reasons that might be coming around for why we're looking a little bit tired now and again, and we're having to rotate players a little bit to try and keep them fresh for the bigger games and he's obviously looked yesterday at, at, uh, at the south uh chef wednesday and thought i can get away with making a few changes because i know we've got a really big game coming up at the weekend we're with west brom so i think overall he's done it he's done a really great job to be honest he's brought players back in from the cold you you talked about some of yours chris um at west brom you know vestigard was done with us um he, he was done with ninety percent of the of the fans as well, I think, if not more. Um, yeah. and, and and other players who who weren't turning up, shall we say, for Brendan. Um, and he's got us. Uh, what we have got is an identity. You know, I don't think we had an identity under Rogers. We did have it. Sort of got lost and a little bit muddy. Um, we've clearly got an identity. It's still in its early um, early months. I mean, we're what three months into a season three months into a manager's reign and we're at the top of the table clear from third. So we can't be overly critical. I think we've set those high, that's such a high bar that any time that we drop, um, we, we're going to get a little bit nervous. But it it is a long season and we will have highs and lows. There's no way, as, as you said, Chris. And to be fair, the manager said that from the off. There are going to be periods where we're going to lose games and it's how you react to it uh, that matters. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say about the, the amount of, sorry, I was just going to say, it's interesting you say about the amount of games that, um, and everything. I think people underestimate because, you know, they, they see players as robots a lot of the time, how, how much of an impact that, that can take. I, I used to work at West Bromwich Albion uh, in the communications team. And I remember having this conversation with Gareth McCauley, who obviously came to us towards the end of his career. I think he was 30 or 31. Yeah. yeah. One of your ex players yeah. as well. Um, he came to us about 30 or 31 and and I'm, I think a lot of people were like why are we signing uh, why are we signing this guy um you know he, he just he he just had a season for um 
Ipswich and he hadn't had a particularly great season or anything like that. And and, and we and they were like, why are we signing this this guy? And he came in and he just completely reinvigorated himself. And I remember having a conversation with him about how, and he said, well, it really helps playing in the Premier League. He said, because, because I, I've been used to playing two games a week. He said, now I can, I can play one game. I can recover. I can, I can rest properly. You know, I, I, I the tactical stuff as well. There's time to do tactics in the week. And he's like, you don't get any chance to do any of that in in the championship. He's like, you play on the Saturday, and then it's like, you you might you might have a day off or come in for a warm down, and then you'll probably get like one day of shape on the Monday, and then you're playing again on the Tuesday. And it's and I I think it's it, it's all right for players whose bodies are used to that, and uh, and. Uh, and and have played a lot of championship football and are and are used to kind of just and this is another reason why the whole plan B, B argument goes out out the time out the out the window because when you're supposed to implement a plan B in the championship like you you don't have any time to tr- to actually work with the players um, especially when as you guys have got a lot of internationals go away in the international break so you can't even work with them then um, it's it, it's such a difficult league in terms of actually being able to tactically work on anything during the season in terms of players' bodies. And the big challenge for yourself, Leeds and Southampton, is that all of you have um, have obviously spent a fair while in the Premier League. You know, you didn't, it, you're not, you're not, n- none of you are yo-yo teams. So you've come down with a lot of players who can't claim to be championship footballers. They're, they're Premier League footballers. They're used to playing one game a week and their bodies more importantly, are used to playing one game a week. And it is, it's a shock to the system to then go and say, actually, you know how you normally play 90 minutes in a seven-day period? Well, I need you to play 180 minutes. And that's yeah. a lot, that's that's a massive difference. And just going back to, to what you were saying, <coughs> excuse me, before, Craig, about, uh, I mean, we have dropped down a division. And if anybody uh, doesn't follow uh, Leicester City on the BBC, if you do get over there now, there's a fantastic new article every Tuesday. Uh, it's called <laughs> Fans Voice. Um, it, it's uh, it's not a match report. It's nothing about, you know, about it's about players and about general feelings at the club. Do get over there and check it out. Uh, I believe the guy that writes it is absolutely uh, amazing. Have you stopped doing it then, Chris? I have. Yeah, <laughs> that's a while. Um, but I mean, I'll put there. Uh, do, do you think there's a bit of a feeling around sort of the, the Leicester fans and the club that we've dropped down a division? Do you remember we went down to League One? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we're, but we, you know, we won. We only lost four games all season. You know, we've lost three already. This yeah. isn't League One. This is exactly. a completely different kettle of fish. Um, and as I've put there, I mean, if we if we were to go up this year, that's to me. Uh, what we want, winning it would be a, a bonus. But if we do win it, we actually win more titles than Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Second tier ones, I grant you, but yeah. look, we'll take anything. We'll take anything. But to me, and I did put this at the end, it's just great to be winning games again because we haven't done that for a whole season. It, it is. I mean, it's... Uh, <clears throat> and that's why I think the fans have loved it early on, that we've just started winning games. And then when we stop, it's almost like a reminder of, what we went through the last 18 months with uh, with Brendan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we've almost been given this sort of, you know, fantastic sweet to to uh, to suck on and then it's been taken off us and you've got to 
you've got to uh, you've got to go back to uh, being actually in games where you've got to work hard to win them. Um, yeah. But we know. I, I mean, we all knew that it was going to be a tough season. Or I say we all know. Don't forget, we've got a lot of fans of this club now and a lot of vociferous fans who have not only grown up with Leicester being in the Premier League and winning stuff, but also have grown up with social media. And those two things together can make it very toxic and seem a lot worse than you it not, is. You are not saying, are you, that some of you could say that some of our fans are like Manchester United fans. I mean, I, I can't imagine you saying that at all. Well, I can't you, because we've won quite a bit recently. Yeah. But it's so, a fair point. We've had the same thing. We came, we came down from the Premier League, and we uh, and uh, and we we'd had um, we'd had so many. Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but I think it was eight or nine consecutive seasons in yes, the in the yeah. Premier League. Every time we'd come down since uh, since I think it was two thousand and three, we'd uh, we'd either the maximum we'd spent in the. Um, uh, in, in the in the championship was um, uh, w- uh, was one season uh, and the, uh, or, sorry two seasons was the most we'd we'd spent we'd never finished uh, we'd never finished below sixth um, in the championship in twenty years when we came down and then and then finished uh, finished I think it was eleventh um, under under Ishmael uh, slash Bruce and, and and people acted like. The, it was this un, uh, unbelievable, horrendous end of the world type scenario, and it's like, mm. I, I, look, when uh, you know, I'm obviously a lot older than some of our fans. You know, I'm uh, uh, I'm 40 years old, and the first 18 years Stop of my life, we, we, yeah, 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 a child, isn't he? Well, yeah, quite, I mean, but uh, but yeah, the first eight, yeah, but I would have been happy to be older because I'd have seen a better West Bromwich Albion side <laughs> in the 80s. But um, but the first 18 years of my life were confined to um, to the second and third tiers of English football. Like, um, I think I think people need to need to remember that football is cyclical, and you, you know, unless you are un, unless you are Liverpool, Manchester United, you you basically aren't guaranteed anything out of uh, out, out of life. Some some teams will get better, some teams will get worse, and teams like uh, the teams like Leicester and Albion and 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 a, and a few others as well uh, are big enough to bother the, the the premier league and then but then also small enough to slip back down into the into the second tier mm. of english football and we will we will have peaks and troughs we will we we will have we will uh, we will have a period in the top flight and then we will come back down but we will also what be down there safe in the knowledge that at some point we will get back up because with the due respect we're not we're not somebody like Rochdale, who's who spent one season in 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 the last sort of sixty outside of the um outside of the the, the bottom <coughs> tier of English football, you know, we, we we even when we go down, we we're sort of securing the knowledge that sooner or later we w- we will come back. And I think I think what's happening behind the scenes at the Albion has put things into into perspective for a lot of Albion fans that. Actually, you need to stop worrying quite so much about what, what what happens on the pitch and enjoy the ride. When when you end up in a situation where the actual existence of your football club is threatened, which is genuinely the situation that we're in now, we've got you know we we've borrowed against the the the, the stadium and the training ground. You know, the Hawthorns has been has been our home for over a hundred years, and 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 we we may we could not have it um, if we don't repay this loan, and it just puts everything everything into perspective because. Football is cyclical. It's peaks and troughs. The important thing is that we don't have more clubs going like Berry, 
uh, and uh, and other teams like yeah. that where 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 these fans simply are left without a football club to support that 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 teams don't end up like uh, Coventry not owning their own stadium for years and years and years because mm-hmm. it puts you into such a difficult position when uh, when when you do that it the, these are the really these are the things that really matter the sort of the peaks and troughs on on the pitch they'll come and go um and i think as you right i think you're right in saying the social media generation do need to calm down just a little bit and stop treating every loss like the end of the world and stop demanding constant success just because you've had a little bit of it and thinking that that's the norm the social media brigade we wouldn't be here would we (laughs) i'm not i'm not having a go at social media but 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 it is it is a hive of people demanding constant success and and acting like any any defeat is it is the worst thing to ever happen and as i say when when the existence of your football club is threatened it puts yeah and we've been there haven't we you know we didn't own our stadium for a while uh, mm-hmm. We went well. It was it was when we went out of uh, business, went to into administration. That um, that was why they introduced the nine points being docked if any mm-hmm. club does. That we were the last yeah. ones to to get away with it, much to Neil Warnock's chagrin, as they say. But yeah, we we our, our stadium. I know you know. As much as we're moaning now, we have like you say exactly. We have seen darker days, but. Football yeah. fans are fickle and and uh, they've got short memories. If you say two things about football fans, um, but look, now that's your season there, Chris. I mean, um, all right, take the first couple of games out the window because they're not really worth you know looking at for any team uh, at the table at that point. But uh, you're heading in the right direction. What do you think this? Team as things stand can achieve this season. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a diff- it's a difficult question. Um, I mean, you, you're right. You do need to take the first couple of games out of the equation with us, because as I say, up until up until September the first, pretty much every player was up for sale. Um, uh, you know, it, it, I, it, I don't mean that in the sense that we we we'd slap priced. Uh, you know, we 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 were shoving them in a bargain bucket and trying to um, and trying to give them away. In fact, in the end, we did absolutely absolutely the opposite. We didn't sell any of them because the offers that came in were so derisory. But I think it, with 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 some clubs, there's players where you say it would take an unreal offer to to buy them i think the reality with us in the summer was if our valuation of any player had been met they would have gone because yeah. we needed the money that much and that made the first few games really difficult because you had players who didn't know where their future lay and possibly could have messed with their heads a little bit you had corbran not knowing who he could work with because he didn't know who was going to be there come the 1st of september and it definitely it definitely affected our form in the early weeks of the season um and but there was the big turning point for us was um, was Huddersfield at home. We we lost two one in the last minute. It um, got got absolutely Neil Warnock. Um and uh, yeah, it was it was a game that we could have won, but we 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 lost it trying to win it. Um, we we had a shot right at the end, which Majesty saved, and they, and they break up field and and win the game two one. And at that point. We had conceded two goals in every single match except for the Leeds away game, which we drew 1-1. And Corbran came out after the match and said, this is not sustainable. This is not sustainable. We, if, if we keep, if we keep um, conceding two goals a game, we are not going to win many matches at all. 
And after that, he um, uh, he 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 went he went back to the drawing board. We drew nil nil with Bristol City. Um, we had a, you need to take the Watford game out of it because uh, because it was just the, the most ridiculous <clears throat> weather and it was two two, but largely down to the weather rather than anything else. And then we drew nil nil with Millwall as well. And fans were fans were moaning and groaning and grumbling and saying this is boring, this is awful, all these sorts of things. But he was just. He was working from the back forwards. He was just getting us solid at the back again. Those two nil nils set the basis for our, uh, for our season. And after that, we went to Preston and won four nil. No team had won there all season, and we didn't just win; we blitzed them. Uh, mm. They they were they were absolutely destroyed by by us. And we've gone from strength to strength uh, from strength to strength since then. Really, to be honest with you, in terms of what's our ceiling for this season. I don't know because it just depends where our finances are at going into January. If we yeah. have to sell players, then then you you could see a serious drop off. I mean, you saw this from from Hull a few years ago, where um, they they were in the playoffs. They they sold Bowen and Grzycki in in the in the January window, and they got relegated um, at the at the end of the season. You know, so if if we have to sell some of our better players in January, then. I don't know is the simple answer. Working in a hypothetical scenario where we keep all our players, we keep our manager, and we are a relatively small squad. So as long as we don't get insane injuries, and we have had some insane injury lists, as most clubs did after the World Cup. Um, but I, I, I don't. I, I think the sky's the limit for this squad because we're well organised. We've got a bit of an X factor in it. We don't let many goals in. We don't give many chances away. And I, I think. We, I don't fear anybody in this division. Look, I've got a lot of respect for you guys. I've got a lot of respect for Leicester. I think you're an unbelievably good side. And I completely agree with the point you made earlier in the show. You are the best squad in the division, comfortably for me. Probably you and Leeds are comfortably the two best squads in the division. But I'm not. I'm not intimidated no. going into, into into Saturday's game. I think. I, I think we will set up to frustrate you. We will invite you onto us. And if when we break, you're not ready for us, I think we could hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think if we, as I, I'll say exactly the same as I said to the, the Talking Town guys last week, if we score the first goal, you're in all sorts of trouble because that's because we shut games down like nobody else in this division. Um, we're, we're a nightmare. It's like it's it, it, it it's like it's like trying to uh, trying to break through a brick wall. It's it, 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 it's it's incredible. So. I think we could go a long, long way, but it's just such a huge if with the finances. Well, normally, the club, at this part we can keep of the show, uh, no, yeah, normally at this part of the show, we ask about um, uh, sort of opposition players, but I want to quickly move on. And there was something much more important than West Bromwich Albion players that I think that we that we need that we need to know about, you know. And is this guy <laughs> still on the side of the pitch? That's what we want to know. Because if he is, I'm going to try and get a ticket just to come along and, uh, <laughs> and laugh at oh, him. Boiler man's there. Don't you worry. He's not. He's not going anywhere. Do, uh, do, you, know, uh, do you know what? As well, um, the, the uh, and, uh, apologies for any for any kids in the audience. This is like uh, I don't want to shatter any illusions you have, but there is a bloke inside of that suit, and he, <laughs> he's uh, he, he's he's uh, I I played football with him quite a few times, and he's actually an absolute player. To be fair to him, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Boiler Man's still around. He, 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 just to be, I mean, there is a little bit of a misnomer. He's not the club mascot. He, we. Ideal boilers uh, are on the shirt. Yeah, 
and yeah. he's he's their mascot. Um, but yeah. but yeah, he's uh, he, he's he's been much enjoyed by many around uh, around the country. And uh, as yeah. as I say, Joey, who's who's <coughs> in the suit, is an absolutely diamond bloke. And uh, and um, yeah, he's um, uh, as I say, he can he can play yeah. a little bit as well. And uh, I'll I'll get. Yeah, I'll get absolutely battered on the um, uh, on, on the WhatsApp group if any of the lads are watching that for bigging Joey's footballing ability. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I look forward to getting getting destroyed on WhatsApp later on. But uh, but yeah, he's uh, don't worry, Boilerman is still there, and uh, you can you can absolutely have your picture with him. So don't you worry about that, as many do. Just a quick one, Chris, before you move on. Sorry, I don't I don't yeah. want to put you back too much. Uh, just talking about your. Um, the ceiling of where you can go, Chris. Are you likely to lose many to the African Cup of Nations? Yeah, we we we'll lose we'll lose a couple. Um, we'll Shemi Ajayi will go with Nigeria, and irritatingly, um, I'm sure not. I'm sure not for him because I'm sure I'm. Uh, you know, part of me is delighted for him, but um, Democratic Republic of Congo have uh, have have discovered that Grady Dingana qualifies for them because um, okay. he, he he wasn't even he wasn't even a Congo international until until I think it was the October international break. And then obviously somebody, somebody's done their research somewhere down the line and found that Grady qualifies for them. So they've, uh, they, they've, they, they got him in quickly, capped him and, uh, and, and he's now going to be in, in their African Cup of Nations squad. So yeah, we'll, we'll lose, we'll lose two big players, which doesn't seem like, might not seem like a lot from the outside looking in, but as I say, we're, we're, we're a small squad. No disrespect to Semi, but he he doesn't start. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Not regularly, so he's a, he's less of a loss than Grady, but nonetheless, he is our backup centre half. And um, uh, you know, centre halves do get injured. They but they're also far more likely to get suspended at somewhere down the line. And so to lose him is a blow, but losing Grady is just massive because he's he's been back to the best. Um, the, the, he's he's back to the player to some degree that we saw in the, in the promotion season under Billich when we had him on loan and he was unbelievable, which prompted us to pay 18 million for the guy. And like he's, he's been fantastic. So um, it's a little bit frustrating and it's also probably one that we didn't necessarily plan for because like I say Mm -hmm. in the summer, because he wasn't a Congo international until, uh, until October. And then, as I say, somebody, yeah. somebody somewhere has has found uh, found his parentage, and and now we're going to lose him for a month. I'm going to just yep, um, appreciate that, uh, and thanks for the question, Craig. Um, just to <coughs> let go then, Chris. Um, just for away fans, there, uh, parking and pubs are. Is there plenty of both for away um, fans? 
I, yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I don't really know where where the where the away fans uh, drink. We've got we've got draft in the ground now, which is which is a nice uh, which is a nice step up from the from the cans that we've uh, that, that we uh, that we've been uh, serving for for years. It's actually it, it is a lot nicer to be uh, to yeah. be fair. Um, parking, we're a bit of a nightmare because we're we're straight off the M, uh, M5. I mean, the big thing that I would say is is get there early because the because uh, the the M5 gets absolutely. If you if you're coming in through the motorway, it's going to get clogged up. It's going to be it it's going to be absolutely absolutely horrible. There is there is definitely an argument to say that that, that possibly you sort of hop off and uh, and come up the come up the A38 and avoid it altogether. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it it it, it can it's an absolute um, it can be an absolute car park. Um, so. There's not there's not really anything like directly around the ground. We've got McDonald's across the road if that's if that's your thing. But um, there's not there's nothing wrong with a good McDonald's. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot around the ground because the the ground is right in the middle of um, uh, it's it it's on a road where there's a load of industrial um, uh, parks and stuff like that. There's yeah. there's parking around there, but it'll cost you a little bit. But uh, yeah, there won't really be anywhere to to drink. You're going to have to go back across the motorway island. Um, uh, up the up the high street, and there is a few places up there. Right, uh, Chris, it's been great having you on. Thank you very much for for coming on. So much better than last week's guest. Very oh, interesting. definitely, definitely. <laughs> he didn't turn up. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> well, yes. If I couldn't top that, then uh, then it'd be a bit upsetting. But uh, your link for both your Twitter and your podcast is in the description below on YouTube. But just give everybody a shout out as to where they can follow you. And if they want to give you abuse after we beat you on Saturday, where 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 to go? Yeah, feel free. Um, uh, uh, abuse always welcomed. Um, yeah. At Albion Analysis is the is the pod account. Obviously, the the, the pod itself is um, is Albion Analysis. Um, we it, it might not be of interest to a few of you, a few of your listeners most of our pods, but there are a few specials there with uh, with with ex players who talk quite broadly about about their career. So maybe worth uh, worth just checking them out if you if you do if you do fancy a bit of that because they talk more broadly about it. And if yeah. you want to drop me a follow feel free at CJ Hall 83. Um, and as I say, yeah, yeah, give me a brute abuse and tell me how absolutely wrong I called it after the final whistle goes on uh, on <laughs> Saturday afternoon. We've done that a lot this season. I would <laughs> wish you all the best for Saturday. Obviously, I wouldn't mean it, but I do wish you all the best for the rest of the season. And uh, we'll have to get together for the return match when you come up to the uh, KP. Absolutely, and look, you know, as you say, I don't wish you all the all the best for Saturday, but I do for the whole season, not least because, um, you know, Enzo Moresco was what was was a hero of mine growing up. You know, he was he he was a truly truly wonderful footballer, and the type we how we had him in the championship or whatever division one, whatever it was called in those days. I, I will never know. So, what, uh, for as long as he's your manager, I will always have one eye on Leicester, and I'll always want uh, I'll always want Enzo to do to do well because, as I say, he was n- not only did he give me a lot of entertainment, but by generating so much money when he went to Juventus, he basically saved the football club. Yeah, so, yeah. many thanks to him for that. All the best, mate, and we'll uh, see you uh, later in the season. You shall indeed. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. So um, it is West Brom, and uh, I was really just time to go off and say Merry Christmas, and uh, I'll see you in the new year. <laughs> Normally, I'd include him for, for score predictions, but I don't think yeah. there's anybody. I never realised that Brad. 
Very lovely guy, don't get me wrong, lovely, lovely guy. But I never realised Brad had a brummy cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you were getting a you were getting a full uh, a full answer. I think he's he's probably had to go off because he's on question time later. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did mess with. How long's the show on for? About forty yeah. minutes, you know. Uh, and uh, maybe I should have said two hours and forty. But, but no, no look, some, yeah, some good insights as well, though. He so, has. Uh, no, no, yeah. no. He, he, he yeah. uh, let's face it. Like I say, he turned up, which is a a good start, and I appreciate that. And we will. We will have him back on, um, yeah. but I apologise because you were being left out a little bit there. But um, <laughs> <that's a lot. laughs> every time I thought this is breathing space. But no, <laughs> thank, thanks to Chris for coming on. Really, really do appreciate it. And to be honest with you, I have nothing against West Brom. You know, um, right. uh, if only because I, I, I love Boiler Man. Who, who doesn't love Boiler Man? Uh, what would ours be? Um, we couldn't we wouldn't really have an equivalent, would we? No, so pack, no, we, we'd have some duty uh, free, I guess. But yeah, we 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 basically should have some some over uh, over made up middle aged woman walking around the ground spraying you with perfume. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I like that one. I like. I do like that one. Um, right, I've forgotten where I am now because we're going to have to go all. Uh, I'm going to have to go back to go forward. Um, but look. We've actually we've had a moan, and it wasn't the best game. And I think that's we've set ourselves very high standards uh, at the start, and that was always going to be hard. And I don't think that they say this isn't League One. This is a lot harder division, and yeah. you know, very all right. You know, we you always saw Norwich and Watford that used to come back up, but they've not been man. You know, they've not managed it. Oh, they didn't manage it last season. But look, we still talk. We would have taken that table. If you'd given us that at the start of the season, said here's where you'll be after eighteen games. Of course we would, and um, let's not forget Leeds and Ipswich both drew at Rotherham uh, yes. over the past couple of weeks as well, where we went and won. So you are going to have anomalies. You are going to have dodgy results now and again. I think it was the manner of the performance, as I said before, which was a little, mm. which was disappointing. If we'd have gone at it. You know, we'd been crashing the woodwork. The keeper had had a blind and they'd scored in the last minute. You'd be annoyed, but you could say, well, we couldn't do any more. Yeah. I think you watched yeah. that that game last night and you thought we could have done a lot more. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, probably one of our worst performances of the whole season. Definitely. I, I do like when Maresca tends to see it the way we do as well, because he did come out and say, I read today, that we made some bad decisions. You know, on the ball, we made some poor decisions. Um, and, and it's a matter of just learning from those and not doing it again. And at the end of it, you know, possession is great. But if it's going to put you in trouble, that, that goal all came from us trying to play out in our own corner after 90 minutes, mm. when we could have easily just gone up, booted it away, regrouped and got back solid again. But it's that... And, and I put something on on yesterday. We don't want to get to a point where we're arrogant, you know. And there's a, there's a thin line between confidence and arrogance. Yes. And I think yesterday we slipped over the line into the arrogant and, and thought we could just play our way out of everything. And it doesn't matter where you are in the table. They're professional footballers that you're playing against, you know, not a bunch mm. of kids. So uh, you've got to give them the respect that they deserve as well. And I, I don't think we did that. We, we, you know, we, we have got to admit, I mean, an, a point that um, that Chris made, um, I 
think twice or three times. But he made the point that you know, new manager coming in didn't know what players he was going to be yeah, using. Yeah. We were in that same position, you know. New manager, <laughs> let's face, let's be honest, untried and you know, as a manager in his own right, twelve yeah. games literally at an Italian club, um, lots of new players coming in, mm. a new style to adapt. And the headline today on one of you know as reliable as it is, Leicestershire live stories. Uh, Leicester City style won't change for anything under Enzo Maresca, and that's coming from Wes Morgan. And congratulations yeah. to Wes Morgan uh, on his new job, uh, mm. by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, well done to him for that. Uh, but I mean, it's a good point. And Brad, very. <laughs> Brad, if you are still watching, by the way, my, my video from last night came up on YouTube as uh, unsuitable for all advertisers. And I think that might have had something to do with your 25 swear words in 20 seconds rant about Enzo. Uh, but it is still um, a project in development. I mean, Luca's is in here and, and he'll, he'll laugh at me for saying this because we used to wind him up about it couple of seasons ago uh trust the process luca but good evening luca how are you welcome along uh we've got to kind of learn from that haven't we yeah I, i'm gonna say the 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 manager isn't going to change the way he wants to play football you know the players will change uh but as long as he's at the club we'll we'll play the same way and mm. uh, you know if a new player came into the club you'd probably say you know you'd give them three months or whatever to uh uh, to, to 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 see what they're made of, it's like we don't do that with managers. We don't we don't give them that time. What we've got, if you looked at Enzo as a player, he's come into the team. He's absolutely smashed it for the first three months, and now he's had a little bit of a wobble. And um, but you expect that from players. I don't know why we expect something different from managers who have got a lot more on the plate, a lot more things to deal with. Um, so. Enzo's got to have to find uh, a solution. Great managers are not great managers from day one. No. They're, great, they're great managers because they've had experience and they've learned from um, setbacks. Alex and that's Ferguson. what Enzo will be doing. Alex Ferguson, very, very exactly. close to being sacked uh, before yeah. we all know whatever happened to him. Um, but uh, a point that you made there and... I hope you're all right for time. Let me know if yeah, you're yeah. not, by the way. Um, you said about we give players time, mm -hmm. right? And yet, you think you said earlier, and, and I'm not saying that you weren't wrong to say it, but you say like Cashier Day was virtually, you know, anonymous yeah. uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, 18 games into his Leicester career, and he's not played all of those. Um, you know, everybody else seems to have just sort of come in and clicked, but have we been quite lucky with that? Because, <laughs> you know, Probably. Um, what I would say is um, that we, um, uh, you seem to have. No, I have to be there. back now. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I was saying that is, is almost the analogy of a player coming in and hitting the ground running, and then he's allowed a little bit of a wobble after playing great. And, and Enzo's at that point now. But Cassidy has been a little bit disappointing. Um, and But I was thinking about this uh, before we came on air that. I think his teammates have to take a little bit of blame for that. It's difficult for a young player of his age to come and take a game by the scruff of the neck. Mm. Um, what he is doing 
he's making a lot of runs and not getting the ball. And that is very frustrating. So, you know, I think there's a lot of blame that we're not seeing the best of him because we're not playing to his strengths as well. He has been disappointed. I'm not going to, I'm not going to whitewash that. He has been disappointed in, in a couple of games. He had that couple of games where Sunderland, he was, he was fantastic. He was right in the middle of it, but he was getting on the ball and he was driving forward with the ball and making things happen. What I hope isn't happening is that he's been told not to do that and he's been told to get the ball and then move it on quick because I don't think we will see the best of him at that point. Dewsbury Hall is allowed to get the ball and drive forward and I'd like to see that kind of thing from from Cassidy. And I think with him and... uh, uh, and uh, and the other guy who played, I've just forgotten his name last night, um, Eunice. Yeah, I think you can get away with playing one of them alongside someone who's a bit more experienced. I'm not sure you can play both of them and yeah. expect that your your midfield will click and play yeah. to the same levels as, as it did. And again, that's maybe something that Maresca has learned. The, the defence, I totally agree. The defence last night looked awful. I mean, 22 seconds, we could have been 1-0 down. And it wasn't just... One play, Ricardo was was giving the ball away. Faze, I know he was your man of the match uh, the other day, but I don't think he had a brilliant game. No, but he was, I think he was played out of position. He doesn't look comfortable on the left, that's for sure. No, you know, no. he's a right-footed player who likes to run with the ball when he gets an opportunity. And, but again, uh, are we then needing to to, to question Mercedes? And I'm saying, I'm asking, sorry, I'm saying like, okay, bring Cody in, give somebody a rest, but. You know, we've got we've got three games in a week. That's the league. We've got to live with it. Justin is young enough. He didn't have to rest Justin. He's the youngest of, of all the defenders, yeah. I think. So, you know, why are you why are you not playing our only player really, apart from Doyle, who's obviously injured, the only player that can really play on the left of defence that we've still got, why is he being rested <coughs> and moving phase across to, to that side? It I mean he went off injured. Uh, but I thought the defence looked a little bit better when Justin came on. No, I agree. It was more balanced. If if you wanted to, I can understand him wanting to give Cody minutes. I can understand yeah. that. But for me, yeah, you you just switch him with Fast, you know, mm. you, and you and you give Fast a rest. But you keep your fullbacks are really important. You know, it should be like a lot of people will think, oh, they're all defenders. You're not. You're a central defender or you're a fullback. They're very different things. And when you force a central defender to play, not only to play as a fullback, but to play on the wrong side as well. You're not going to get the same level of performance. The only thing I can think of was that he was a little bit worried about how physical um, Chef Wednesday were, particularly at set pieces and the like. And he was thinking that that was going to be their most dangerous way. So uh, he was going to play fast from that point of view. But otherwise, yeah, it didn't, it didn't really didn't work. And, um, and, and, he, and hopefully again, I just hope from all of these games, he is learning something. And, and I'm sure he is. Yeah. Brad's asking there, do we have a recall option on Thomas or do we have to buy a backup left back in January? Um, I don't know if Thomas coming back is the option. I don't think he's the sort of player <coughs> that fits into uh, Enzo's sort of style, uh, is he? He's, from the little bits I've seen, he's having a torrid time over at yeah. Sheffield United, that's for sure, yeah. you know, yeah. and... Uh, He's being dragged all over the place, and I don't think, I don't think that is benefiting anyone at the minute. That that loan a few weeks ago is his, is his confidence being shot to yeah. pieces. 
Um, but I don't know uh, if that sounds. I don't know how far Doyle is away from um, from coming back. Whether he'll be back in the January. If he's back in January, then then I think that's fine. Um, I think we've got other areas to be looking at in 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 January, particularly with the African Cup of Nations and players going away. So yeah. um, I think, I, I think that'll be lower down on his on his list of priorities. And I think Doyle. I don't. You may have said this. We we, we all froze then for a bit, but. Doyle, I think, is due back, isn't he? Sort of yeah. early, uh, early, early New Year. Yeah. Um, I hope this isn't true because Scott said here, um, is Marquesa making the point by showing they only trust certain players in positions? I hope not because we're then back to, you know, Brendan number two, aren't we? Yeah, I'm not sure, Scott, if you, if, if, is there specific players that you're talking about there? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think. He's trying to give players minutes, um, but without disrupting it too much. And as I say, potentially with who he was playing yesterday, he wanted a more physical presence than JJ uh, sometimes gives. Um, mm. So that may have been the reasoning for it, but it it, it, it didn't work uh, at all. Uh, and because, you know, I think it's really important as well and, 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 you know, obviously, I'm not. I'm not telling Enzo his job. You know, but if your right fullback, in this case Ricardo, is the one who is stepping into midfield, then the person playing right centre half knows needs to know how to cover that. Yeah. And Fast has been doing it all season. Yeah. So, you know, switching them over to the left sort of didn't work on two levels for me. So again, you know. I, a, a solid back four, and I'll, we'll we'll always come back to it. The year we won the the league, that back four was solid. Mm. Players weren't resting. I know we've got more games now, so yeah, people will need a little bit of a rest. But yeah. if you've got a solid foundation where everybody knows their job, everybody knows how to cover each other, then that that sets you up in good stead. And I think we we lost it yesterday with players being played out of position. I think as well for me. Um... I, we we always used to do a post match separate from the uh, main watch along. Now, and it seems to work better. You have the sort of the pre match, the watch along, and the post match all rolled into into one show, and occasionally do a a preview, a, a review. Sorry, um, I often feel a lot calmer sort of the day after doing that reaction straight after a game. But then yeah. you do get the emotions if you yeah. like. Yeah, you know. Yes, it was bloody awful. It was probably the worst performance we put in. Yes, we couldn't tell who was top and who was bottom. And we have struggled against, funnily enough, we only just beat QPR. We only mm -hmm. just beat Rotherham. And we only managed to draw with Sheffield. <coughs> all three of those clubs are in the bottom three. But that's Leicester. You know, yeah. we all, I said before kickoff, it mm. was a potential banana skin, not because of form, but because it's Leicester. And we know what Leicester's like. And but look, it, 18 played and 14 wins. Mm. I'm sorry, when you've when you've taken your post-match, you know, anger away and put it in the bin, it's bloody good. It, it is. I mean, it's fantastic. And we'd have all taken it at the start of the season. I think the other thing is, those bottom teams, it's a free swing. You know, mm. it, it's, it's often used. They've got absolutely nothing to lose by giving a good go against us. And you know that as professional footballers, they're going to want to go and put on a show. Yeah. 
they're not technically better than us. They know that. So they're going to go and give us a physical game and try and ruffle us and press us and, and make it as uncomfortable as they can for us. Because sadly, that's what the teams at the bottom of the table have. That's all yeah. they have. They can't outplay you. So they have to outmuscle you. And clearly, that's what we're struggling uh, against at the minute. Teams yeah. that want to put us under a high press. We we suffered against Sunderland and we did well to win that game, to be honest, mm-hmm. because they did the same. We lost to Leeds when they did that as well. So what, we've, what we're finding is we're in that sort of second phase of the season now where teams have worked us out. They know what we want to do. They're going to try and stifle that. They're going to try and press us hard. And it's up to us over this next period of the season to try and find a solution to it. Yeah. And like I say, you know, not only is it a new team, it's a new manager. And I, I know at the start of the season, I said, if we, if it means we go up next season stronger, I'm quite happy to finish seventh yeah. or eighth this season. Mm-hmm. And now that would seem like, you know, a disaster. It would be. If we were not in the playoffs, they would be calling for his head. Yes, 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 we would. We would. Um Right, um, score predictions. Okay, I've just said then, so we're not going to get relegated. Let's not forget there. Let's take some positives out. Yeah. You know? um, I am worried, I'm going to be honest with you, um, having seen that performance um, and what, where we would be without that good start that we had. Mm-hmm. In fairness, we probably would be sort of fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. We'd, yeah. be around, we'd be around that. So we'd be around where pretty much expected to be. It's the early kickoff for TV, and I think they've chosen a good game for that, as it happens, because they are top of the form table. We are, you know, uh, top of the league, so it is a cracker, as they say. Um, but I am, I am worried about this. I'm going to let you go first with your prediction because <laughs> uh, I can copy it then if I. But I'm going to write mine down just so you okay. know I'm not cheating. So what what are you going to go for? You, you basically filled that pad with lots of different scores, haven't you? <laughs> yes, I did yes. Just, I'm trying to pass it off as my prediction league. Uh, yeah. things, and it's all it's all less than. I, I in the championship, I can't go for us to lose at any point, but it would not surprise me. Let's put it that way, if mm. we got beaten because they are playing really well and we're not. Um, but I'm going to go for a Desmond two um, two. That's what you've written down, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, Chris. <laughs> right. yeah. Just out of, um, <laughs> I don't know if you can see that there. Yeah. <laughs> two, two. <laughs> I can't believe that. But no, I, I think, uh, no, all right, we've got, we've got that thing that we haven't drawn again yet. That albatross is round off our neck now. But yeah, um, I'm not going to say I would take a draw at this point. As you know, that's one of my usual mm. uh, favourite questions. But you know, I think it's going to be a, a, a tough one. Um, as bad as I am doing at the moment, and I know Brad's had a good week, but he's really lost it. I know he was upset the other day, but he's gone 2-0 to West Bromwich Albion. Oh, Brad, how can you, sir? Um, mm. But then again, Scott says, I think you're being kind. I see us getting a thumping 4-1 defeat, Scott. <coughs> wow. wow. Okay. Yes, I don't know really what to say to that. Uh, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll have a very quick break, and then we've just got a couple of things, if you're still okay for time. We're going to have a look yep. at uh, somebody that's in both camps, and we're going to have a look at a, a past game, which was a, a, a very enjoyable game for us both. <laughs> 
The TalkSport Fan Network is the ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Including Leicester Till I Die, independent analysis and reaction for the Foxes faithful. The TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Follow the podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. So, um, there's been quite a few players that have played for, for both of us. Um, yeah. um, Enzo, I hadn't even thought about, to be honest oh, with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gareth McCauley. Mm-hmm. Johnny Evans. Yeah. Um, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a few that I, that I went uh, with yesterday. But the one that I've gone for, uh, and knowing that you were going to be on this show with me, I could not go for this. And I really, really wish that Chris had still been here to give his version of this player when he was at West Brom. Um, because I think it might be different to your thoughts on him at Leicester. But we, we'd have been here till midnight. But the one that I have gone for is your favourite player when he was at the club, and a certain Mr Harvey Barnes. Yeah. Harvey Barnes. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, he did. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, I can't knock him overall for his for his career at Leicester because most of my frustrations came from the fact that we all knew that he could have been so much better than he showed in that that, that last eighteen months of his career mm. here. And and West Brom was the start for him. You know, it gave him that. It, it just shows how important the loan system is. Yes, if you're going to go to a team. That are going to play to your strengths and are going to improve you, and uh, and that's what happened while he was away at uh, at West Brom, and he came back and and he just never really fulfilled all the potential, which seems strange when you look at the number of goals that he did score and the number of goal involvements. When his career is finished and you just look down Wikipedia at his stats, they're going to look pretty decent, to be honest. Mm. And it's just that frustration that his career seemed to have stalled. Um, the past 18 months and that's when the frustration with him um, crept in because he seemed a little bit one-dimensional um, but I think he's a player who will play better with better players around him um, also, do you and think he's a club that's probably on the up now and, and he's going to get that chance I think however Anthony Gordon is playing so well at the minute that even when he comes back from fitness he's going to struggle to get back in that team oh yes indeed um, I mean, do you think he struggled at Leicester at the end? I mean, at the, when he when we brought him back, I honestly think he probably saved Prell's job uh, that yeah. first time. It was Prell that brought him back uh, early from his loan, if, yeah. if I remember rightly. I yeah. think he, he probably saved Prell at that point from getting the push. But the fact that we only had... He was virtually the only winger in the club. He um, was. It, it, I, you know, there was a lot of pressure on him where, you know, when we look at the stats I, now... We were attacking down both sides, where a lot of the time under Rogers, it was literally attacking down one side all the time because that's where Harvey Barnes was. Yeah, and and he scored a lot of fantastic goals. You, you yeah. know, even right up to the up to to the end of the season, there was one I think where there was a long ball played over the top that he took with the outside of his right foot. You know, beat a fullback, then cut inside and curled it in. Mm. He, he was capable of magical stuff. It's just the other parts of his game. And, and we probably got a little bit greedy that we wanted him to be great at everything. And I remember 
um, sticking up for a, one of my favourite players from from years ago, who you could probably say was similar in in many ways to Harvey without the goal returned, in, um, although he, he did get the assist. Steve Guppy, and um, I used to love Steve Guppy. Yeah, but a lot of play, a, a lot of fans I remember were saying that he never got stuck in or he never tracked back. He was terrible in the tackle. But then you look at defenders and you don't expect them to go past a fullback and sling in a pin, pin, uh, pinpoint cross. Mm. But we seem to expect our, our wingers to be able to do defenders' jobs as well. So I, I used to defend Steve Guppy from that point. Um, so I was probably over a little ho- over harsh on Harvey Barnes. But at the time, we needed everybody to be putting in a shift week in, week out. And, and it didn't could seem you, like Could you just it. say that again? You were a little over harsh on Harvey Barnes. That has got to be the understatement <laughs> of the year. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I sat here and I was quite, I was worried. And I put it up there because I thought you were going to go absolutely uh, um, against him. No, uh, no, I, 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 that would be that would be silly because, as I say, he scored some amazing goals. And overall, he will be looked back on as as a really good player. Not a great, but a really good player for, for Leicester City. It's just when mm. we did a bit more from him, it wasn't there. Yeah. But I don't think he was alone in that. You know, there were three or four players in those teams the last 18 months that you wanted a bit more from and they didn't deliver. Yes. Um, right, we're going to look now at um, From the Vault, I've renamed it, as we look back at a good name. match between the two teams and sorry i like that name well done yeah thank you thank you i should have been in advertising shouldn't i um and we've gone back to to a match that basically changed changed our club i think in a way um Mm -hmm. uh but we must also remember and i did this because again i thought that the 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 the, the, uh westbourne fan may well have still been with us uh, because it was a whoops, a daisy. I pressed the wrong button. There we go. Um, it was a match that was named Jeff Astle Day, and yeah. we should uh, we should show respect to the guy. Um, no longer with us. Um, so you know, R.I.P. Jeff. One of those names that you know, certainly our age generation, probably not the youngsters, but our age remember him well. Um, even though he didn't obviously didn't play for us. Uh, a two-three. Uh, win for Leicester uh, that yeah. really kickstarted the grass. I think this was where the was this. Would you say this was where the great escape one started? I mean, well, I think it, the game before was the one where we we got a fairly late winner against West Ham, Andy King at home. Mm. Um, but I think that could have been a one-off if we hadn't have then gone and backed it up with yeah. an away win. And I yeah. think that was really important. So we got back-to-back wins. And then we just kicked on, and I think we only lost one more game for the rest of the season. That was against Chelsea. Mm. Um, so I think it was really important to show that we could go away from home uh, and get a result. And it was six points out of six, and it gave us that momentum, I think, to take it forward. So I think this was a a pivotal game, even though a point at the time would have been decent to mm. get that win with that late goal from Jamie Vardy. And if I remember rightly, it was a fantastic goal where he, he got the ball on the left wing and just outpaced everybody and cut inside and smacked into the far corner. Um, and I, I think, yes, in that in following on from the from the West Ham game, I think this was really important and pivotal in, in the fact that it gave us that confidence 
and momentum, looking at the games that were coming up for the rest of the season, that we could go away to these teams and get, get the points that we needed. No, no, I, I would agree. I mean, it started off typical Leicester. We went 1-0 down. Um, then Nugent kind of bundled the ball over the line, really, didn't yeah, he? The did, yeah. um, didn't last long, though. Gardner uh, put them back 2-3 two, two, up. This obviously was at, at the Hawthorns. I don't remember Hooth's goal. I can't remember who's goal. I guess he was a header. But, yeah, I think it was. I'm trying to remember. I'm sure yeah. I've come up with it. I'm trying to remember. I think it was from a corner. It might have been from a corner. Um, yeah. And he, he he sort of went up for it. And I, I, it was surprised. Then Vardy. And I can remember watching it as clear as anything. And Vardy got the ball. I think he was in our own half, just inside. On the, on the left wing, wasn't it? On the left wing. Yeah. And he ran. And I'm not sure which player it was. Probably Mares, But... There was a player that was free on the right mm. as he ran, and because he went past two, and I thought, well, he's either going to have a shot or he's going to go down for a penalty. <laughs> One of the two, knowing Vardy, I don't think he like pass it, pass it, because this player was absolutely yeah. unmarked. He didn't, of course, and and um, of course he did the right thing in the end <laughs> because he scored the goal. Mm. But what, uh, yes. For, what a turnaround. I I still, and I was speaking a, a while ago to, to a mate, and I still can't explain what happened. You know, no. what was the change? I think there was a couple of things. <coughs> um, I think Pearson hit on a on a on a um, a team formation that worked, you know, that he that he went basically it was kind of a four-four-two, but had, a, had the, the ability to be a four-three-three at the time. Mm. But it just works, and everybody say, seemed comfortable. We were a team who were limited in our uh, ability, but yeah. we'd we'd shown that we could play. I mean, that, it was the same season that we had that fantastic game against Man United that, yes. that is constantly shown on late yeah. night on Sky Sports, the five-three. Yeah. So we had it in us. We just lost our way a little bit, and maybe a little bit of tinkering here and there. But I think, though, as I say, those back-to-back games just gave us that that confidence that here was a shape that the team could believe in, you know, and mm. um, uh, and and they got behind it and they just went on and and it, and it was, as they say, the great escape. Yes, the I still would argue the greatest of great escapes. Mm. To be honest, I don't think any team had been bottom for as long as we had. Yeah. Forget the Christmas one because people had yeah. well, West Brom had been bottom at yeah, Christmas yeah. and, and they were in form. <laughs> but nobody had been the bottom as long as we had and survived. Yeah. And that was the thing. And I told you Brad would know it here. Nugent did an overhead kick in the box and Hooth headed it uh, and Dor- uh, Hooth headed it and Dawson headed it into the roof of the net. Um, so it was, it was given to Hooth. So thank you, Brad. We knew you'd come up. Now, as much as I would quickly want to move on, <laughs> I feel like there may be a bit of a question well, there's a couple of questions, and sadly, one of them has already been brought up during the course of the show. So, um, ah, no, that probably, one's gone. which probably means I still wouldn't get it. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was going to be yeah, which ex Leicester player lined up in West Brom's defence that day? Ah, so I presume, it, I presume it, it was Horsefield. No, I can only take anyway, your first answer. Reading Chris. a comment then from I can uh, only, only. In Macaulay. the best quiz fashion, Macaulay. I can only take your first answer. <laughs> I never which said I final was, answer. I believe <laughs> was Jeff Horsfield. <laughs> no, no, I never said final answer. In fairness to me, 
I did say Jeff Horsley because I was just reading a, a comment um, because Brad said here, um, and just to show that I'm not making it up, Brad said yeah. earlier, I thought you would have thrown out Jeff Horsfield as a foot in both camps. But but Macaulay, uh, and I've got him written, I've got him written down here with Enzo, Emperor Enzo and Johnny <laughs> Evans. Yeah. But, uh, but no, um, I, I didn't. I can't know. I did say Horsfield first. So the other, the other couple of questions I've got for you here. Uh, both managers won Manager of the Month awards this season. Nigel won in uh, in April, which who won it for West Brom in February that season? Oh, I want to say, but I'm going to be wrong here. Jeff Horsfield. <laughs> oh God, who was their manager then? Again, I had a thing up with managers, and I haven't got it up now. Really? Um, there was when we were talking about um, uh, what's he called their manager now, um, Calbron, uh, yeah. of all the managers, and the one that the one that stuck out. But I'm sure he wasn't manager then. Was Slavan Bilic, but he wasn't manager then. Um, it would be very easy for me just to click on another page and open it up. Um, but that would also be cheating. Uh, it would. We can all do that. So yes, we can all do that, and I can't do that. So I have got to say, I can't remember. It was Tony Poulis. Was it? it yes, was. of course it was because he came out. Um, was it after this game? I think and said, stood in his press conference and said he wanted to see Leicester go on. And oh no, it was the next season he did that. Mm. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. we came out after a game next season and said, surely we all want Leicester to win the league. And I think that probably didn't go down well. But can I just say, in my in my own defence, um, Brad, he went for Tony Mowbray. All oh, right, OK. Well done, so, Brad. That's why Nigel was very good at quizzes. And, uh, and the last question, uh, in that season, which striker joined the club for a then club record fee. Now I think I know this one because we only told, spoke about him. I think on the preview show mm. as as uh, as one that got away. Um, I think after <laughs> all this build up, you're going to say no, it wasn't him. But I'm going to go for Andre Kramerich. Yeah, it was indeed. We bought um, yeah. Ajoa at the start of the season. Yes, and uh, but yeah, we bought Kramerich in January for a fee of nine million. And uh, yeah, definitely, I think one who got away. I think so. I definitely think so. Um, I can remember because I had a season ticket for that season. Um, there were some long journeys home after <laughs> go through that long uh, losing patch. Four hours on the motorway when you just lost the game. It's uh, and then you thought, I'm not doing that next season. <laughs> no, no, exactly. That, 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 and the <laughs> fact that my my son who I went with was off to university made. Mm. Uh, Made, made made me decide um but um i remember him coming on sometimes and i can remember when we were going through the bad patch we never really got stuffed by anybody but we no. didn't like um we didn't like to, to have shots we seemed to get the ball on the edge of the box and then just keep passing it sideways mm. <laughs> passing ball sideways you who'd have thought about <laughs> that uh when Cramrich came on all right he didn't always sort of hit the target but he seemed to be able to want to have a shot 
Yeah, I, I remember him. He was he was great at um, just dummying and cutting back, and then he would cut back mm. again, and he would often sort of try and cut back three or four times while he got the ball at his feet. But his his only thought was, can I get a shot off on goal? And uh, obviously went off to to Germany and Hoffenheim and and had a few great seasons. Yeah, well, you've just been, you, can you see the comments? Because it says here, Scott is asking you joined which club, Craig. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I think he was one that got away. But then I think, in fairness, any striker that's either come or gone has struggled because of Jamie Vardy. I think so, and uh, and a manager's reluctance to play to their strengths. I would I would say Slimani. Yes. I I really like Slimani, um, and when you bring him onto a game, you've got to play to his strengths, and, and we didn't. The few times that we did. Yeah, he scored goals, and um, well, this was but, it. He scored mainly with his header. Yeah, exactly. With his header, that was his strength, head. you know. Yeah, but um, we very rarely got crosses in. Yeah, I mean, he scored it was in the Champions League. Um, yeah, and you can go back to, and I'm sure it was before that, but the one I remember most was Akinbayi, and I'll still stand by that that he got slated. But for me, yeah, for me, it was Peter Taylor. It wasn't Akinbayi. It was Peter Taylor who was at fault there. Yeah, and this is why I'm saying, you know, people, you know, fans say, why don't we buy this player? Why don't we buy that player? And it's the same with with, with England managers in, to a way. Why don't you pick this player? Why don't you yeah. pick that player? Well, he may be the biggest, you know, best midfielder or defender, but he doesn't play in a role that fits into my system. Yeah. So why... Well, he picked yeah. these it doesn't make them, it doesn't make them bad players, you know. No. We, we've seen no. Vestergaard, you know, fits Enzo's game plan perfectly. Yeah, yeah. but he didn't under Brendan. Moosey was another one for me. He never yeah. got the chance and yeah. uh, was played on the wing the few times that he yeah. did get on, and he wasn't a winger. And unfortunately, yeah. I can see Daka going that way. Yeah, it'll be exactly the same. I think with Daka, I think you, you can almost see it. He's going to go off to the African Cup of Nations and he's absolutely going to smash it, probably come back with a golden boot and then get sold at a ridiculously low fee and then smash it wherever else he goes. More more than likely, more than likely. Um, <clears throat> Craig, thank you very, very much. You're welcome. It's been a bit of a long one, but uh, bits of the show <laughs> went on longer than I thought, thought they would. You're away next Thursday. You're not yeah. going to be with us, so I wish you... Fun in whatever you're doing. Hopefully, it's not a funeral now. I've said that, um, but uh, but thank you very much for this. As always, um, neither of us are confident for the win, but look, this is Leicester. We never know. We never know. Thanks very much, Craig. All the best to you and your family. Take care, Cheers. and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Take Cheers, care, Chris. Cheers, everyone. Bye. 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 There we go. So, thanks to Craig um, for coming on. I didn't really, I, I saw, you know, the, the um, uh, when Craig used to come on, I used to have the guy that used to be doing that with his beard, the wise old owl. I actually saw that on um, Dave, I think it was, or, or, or Five, one of, the ad, one of the channels that was advertising their action films because they got like Kill Bill 1, 2 and a few others. And it showed that clip of that guy doing that. I can't remember what film it was from. I really can't. But look, thanks very much to, um, to 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 Craig. Thank you very much for Brad's cousin from Birmingham, Chris, uh, West Bromwich Albion fan. I really am worried. Um, we have got Match Day Live. Uh, that will be coming up for you early start on um, on Saturday morning because it's a twelve thirty kickoff. 
So we are going to be starting at 11.45. Brad's just looked at me and gone, what? <laughs> I'm not going to be up for that time. Uh, we don't know, but at least Luke should be uh, in Australia. And thank you very much, Craig. Yeah, all the best with you. We'll, we'll, we'll get you on something else before you, before then. Don't you worry. You know that. You've got to earn your money. Did I say money? No, I didn't say money. No, no. It's, it's not live. We'll cut it out. It's not live, this. Uh, but, yeah, 11.45. We will be live on uh, on Saturday for the match day, starting with the pre pre match, going through um, the team announcement uh, and the watch along, and then doing the post match reaction uh, at the end. Um, I need to go and buy a buzzer so that I can get ready for uh, uh, Brad's outburst <laughs> if we if we lose again. And we'll be back tomorrow night at seven uh, nine o'clock, I should say. Sorry. Possibly seven. We haven't decided yet. Seven or nine, one of them. Subscribe to the channel. Click that notification bell. Then whatever time we do it, you know you're not going to miss it. Thank you very much to everybody that's watched. Really do appreciate it. Thanks to Craig. Thanks to Chris from uh, Albion uh, and Analysis. And Analysis. Albion Analysis. <laughs> Should have put my other set in. Albion Analysis. Thank you very much for Chris for coming on. Uh, great insight. All joking aside. Absolutely fantastic insight, and uh, I do. I do have a soft spot for uh, for uh, Albion, even if it's only because of their uh, poor boiler man. And thank you if you've been listening on your podcast. I really do appreciate it. I will see you tomorrow night for the prediction league. Yeah, got to Brad. Sorry, mate. It's not getting good, is it? Take care. I'll see you then. Bye bye now. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You better like them too, or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.